welcome to episode 24 of the Switch Mania Playcast. Pause for effect, right? <laughs> so, joined back by my main man, Barry. Um, had a lot of positive feedback, so I would say you might be a permanent staple unless uh, some of those other candidates reach out, because once I reach out, Barry, it's I'm, I'm not going to ping them like every other day, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm honored. I'm glad that people enjoyed our, our last playcast, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm humble. I'm, I'm you know I'm in it for the long haul, as they say. It's gonna be fun to to shoot the uh, proverbial shoot uh, with you <laughs> on this this switch craziness, and it's as always been a very crazy week. Um, and we've been focusing on the game that Barry was talking about, which is ukulele. Uh, and the impossible lair um and as always we got as far as we could and we'll talk about that as we get to the game um but yeah it's it's been really nuts with switch collector updates i redid the format the main format layouts for the entire book this week so it flows much better um because the one thing that i find is that you want your eye to naturally gravitate toward to the read at the beginning and everything and there's a section where you have the title and the collector pieces and now it's there's kind of like a box outline that makes things real easy to see so it definitely flows i also got everything into the book that was physically um written and JP, believe it or not, submitted part of his collector section. Like, I saw he was actually working on that, and I was shocked. I was like, "Oh my god, did, did he finally get the hint?" <laughs> I, I think I think it was because we threatened to have you go over there and uh, rough him <laughs> up a bit, and he's like. I, 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 I told him I was, you know, you asked me to do that, but but I'm I'm not a violent person. I'm I'm not gonna hit him. <laughs> Barry's the muscle now for the podcast. He's <laughs> says he's non-violent. It's all an act. <laughs> no, I, I I would I would I would say you know I'm not gonna hit you, but you know, give me something good. You know, I know you just got like that Korg in. You know, I'll take that as, as payment. I give him something good, like a telephone <laughs> book and a hammer, and it doesn't oh, leave no. any. Bru- though it doesn't leave any bruises when you take them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's terrible. No, <laughs> no, don't don't do that. that. I think the Switch community would cry if you did something like that to JP. Yeah, like they don't get those crazy giveaways. Like he's the giveaway master. Like crazy man i don't get it i don't know how he can keep up <laughs> i don't know either although I'm, I'm telling you every time i see that notification you know like jp has posted somewhere my wallet has just lost at least 30 dollars every time pretty much <laughs> I mean. even just yesterday literally just yesterday it's like oh yeah guess what uh eternal blade 2 is now up on amazon shipping now i'm like oh Okay, well there goes another thirty bucks. <laughs> At least it was only thirty bucks. Yeah, sometimes it's sixty or more, depending on if it's a collector's edition. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm tracking, Eternal Blade One did not get a physical yet, and I don't think there's any word yet of one. No, I have not heard of it, but because yeah. it's in the digital only section in the Switch Collector book, and even if something's announced in the book like and it's already in the book i don't remove it until it's been shipped because 
we might run into a warned collectors situation where oh, they have oh. three different games and then they never ship. And then it would be like missing from the book and that would be a, a hole that we would have to figure out in the future. So I mean you could still talk about them in the book and just put a note like, hey, these these have not shipped as of the publishing of this book. That's what these, I'm these are these are like the, the, the Phantom. Um, there's two games right now in the Switch book for sure that are in the digital only that have had rumors or announcements, and that would be Blaster Master Zero, which was a limited run, and A Whole New World, which is first press. I mean, pretty much, like, the one was in the E3 trailer for for limited run games for, um, for Blaster Blaster Master Master. Zero, and then... A whole new world is pretty much a shoe, and like they've taken pre-orders, but again, until they ship, I kind of want to keep it, you know, still there and not have to remake. Um, if it ships before we publish, then it'll be out, and then because it'll be a physical section later. No reason to yeah. double dip. Well, you could you could always put, you know, the first year those two titles were digital only, yeah, and then they were year year three. Or maybe year four, depending on when these things actually get released. Hey, now they're physical. <laughs> depending on when they get released. And think about this, like, the depending when they get released is, is a crazy thing. Because, as I mentioned, um, it's pretty crazy because I'm about to move. And so all of this stuff that I've pre-ordered, I gotta remember, like, what's not shipped, what is. And then they gotta get them to me to my new address and forwarding is mail forwarding is so hit or miss i have had stuff and fortunately like my last house that i moved from since i moved from maryland to texas uh where i'm currently at um fortunately the the people that bought my house ended up being a fan of my books somehow oh wow yeah they knew me and they're like oh i knew the name like i was like really and so, fortunately, they're like, oh, yeah, here's packages. So that happened for a while where packages would still show up there, even though I had mail forwarding going on. You got lucky. Mm-hmm. I I was in Tennessee for, for 10 months. And while I was there, I changed all my address to Tennessee. And then, of course, we, we moved back up to Jersey. And uh, I thought I changed everything, but apparently I didn't change my eBay default. And I ordered two things from eBay, and then after it shipped, I thought about it and said, did I did I use my default address, or did I make sure to change it? And sure enough, I did not, and they went to Tennessee, and those two items, I called the post office, they they, they were delivered, and whoever now has that house has my items. <laughs> I never got them. That's some so, really like, cool that's, video games. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they got a or couple something. cool little video game stuff. Um, but it was just that's one of my fears. Like it's it's like when like I you know Bank of America they're like, "Oh yeah, somebody has hacked one of our cards." So everybody gets new cards now. Everybody gets new numbers. And that's the worst for me because I understand the security, but how many pre-orders now Am I just getting like failure payment notifications? Like you got to change your payment. This card doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And and when it's like release date stuff, you don't get a release date. You get it like two days later because it has to like go back in the cycle. And it's just like, oh my god, why? <laughs> I know this is first world problems, and my security is more important. But it's still annoying to have to go back through and try to find how many pre-orders you have with that card and change it up. So oh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. Well, and you think about it too. Like speaking of security, um. 
I don't know if you were tracking that Dark Souls did a board game. No, I, I did not go for that. Oh, and it was crazy, but then they had a bunch of expansion packs that were stretch goals. And I was like, oh, they're just going to include it in the box or whatever. Uh, no, it ended up being four more full game, giant game boxes that they shipped in a big, giant box. Holy crap. And they just threw it on my front porch. Like, open. Luckily, I have a secure neighborhood and everything, but, like, imagine, like, and it's labeled Dark Souls board game, and it says the items in the box, on the front, <laughs> the shipping box. <laughs> like That's like, do you ever order from first four figures? They, you know, you get, if you do, they, they say right there on the side, you know, here's what it is. And limited run if games. anyone knows. And their fancy box, they have limited run right on it. So if anybody was a gamer that's in Postal, like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank God I, knock on wood, live in a safe neighborhood and a neighborhood yeah. where people don't do that. Um, my neighbor across the street gets at least 15 times the packages I do, and they'll go away for a weekend and the stuff will sit there and, Good. you know, no one touches it. So thankfully for that police patrol and all that. But Keep that neighborhood it, watch going, man. Like. It's it's especially now the holidays are, are around the corner, which is when most of the package thieves will strike because that's when, you know, pa- you know, presents are coming in. And it's just if you get packages, you know, just just check outside, you know, check, check when the mail comes like as soon as possible. Check, you know, maybe a couple minutes later for them to drop it. Oh, you know, maybe a package off check in the morning for Amazon or, or in the evening for UPS or whenever you get your packages, just just as a PSA, you know. I mean, the craziest to... one this week, too, which was the Dark Souls one was like a week or two ago. But, like, this week was the Switch Lite Limited Edition thrown on yes. the doorstep. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. And I got home from work, and I didn't even have an alert that it was shipped yet. So I couldn't even have, like, came home from work to pick it up. And it was like, I was like, really? I'm sitting right here. I'm freezing cold. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things where... Like sometimes during the holidays, we'll go down to Tennessee. My 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 um, wife's family is still there, and uh, I I'm, I'm not a big fan of travel anyway. But one of the things I hate about it the most is when you pre-order a lot of things, especially when you go for a, a switch set. Um, a lot of times when you pre-order, you don't really pay attention to when it's coming out. Like if it's if it's not like a game you're super hyped on, it's just like oh yeah, this will come out later in the year. Don't have to worry about it. And sometimes there's obviously delays. And you don't realize like. It seems like the week you go away is the week that everything comes out or the everything's getting delivered. And it's just like that panic mode. Like, oh, my God, I hope nothing's missing by the time I get home. Like calling my family, like, please, please, you know, take things in, you know, make sure it's there. You know, <laughs> so crazy. And it's like, yeah, I couldn't even imagine being in your boat going for a full set. Like, I don't even know. Like, I would almost just shut down and wait <laughs> for aftermarket and gamble that hopefully everything doesn't turn into a little Samson in the box so like that's super you know, expensive. Luckily, I still have Gamers Club, yeah, and I still have Best Buy Gamers Club, which does help. Um, but the thing is, is when I go to stores, when I go to Best Buys, when I go to to GameStops, you know, I'll see you know some of these games there but a lot of times i don't a lot of times it'll be amazon only or like gamestop will get one copy and it's already been gutted uh so i'm noticing a 
you, again, you don't know. You don't know if it's going to be a Samson. And I'm not saying the Switch library, there's going to be five Samsons or anything like that. No one knows. And there probably won't be any. Um, but Mm-mm. it's still not one of if, those. If people are setting them aside and buying them, no. I mean, even the limited run stuff, like the numbers are, are tiny. However, uh, people are holding on to them. And that's yeah. the thing. If people are collecting <laughs> something, it won't be as collectible as something that nobody's paying attention to that goes under the wire. Well, I mean, that's just kind of what happened with the um, comics in the 90s. I mean, yeah, like that the Superman came out and everyone bought it like, oh, my God, this comic's going to be worth a fortune and it's worth nothing. Uh, the good news about games is if you buy a game and it's really not worth billions of dollars, you can always open it and play it. And it's still that's a game. And it's still enjoy it. video games is you can play it. Best and part. That's how I collect and- is like I buy stuff that I want to play. And then everything else, and luckily my OCD and my anxiety is satiated by adding it to my Excel spreadsheet so I keep track of what I want. So that way I'm like, oh, I need to get these 100 games. And there's more than 100 games in this list right now. But it's like, it's fine. There we go. And if I see anything begin to spike out of that list, then I might pick it up sooner than later. Um, That way I don't get caught off guard. And well, here's the other thing with the Switch, though. When you talk about Little Samson, you're talking about the NES. If you wanted an NES game, you went to Toys R Us, you went to KB Toys, you went to you know Funkoland, uh, wherever you bought your your games. Um, but a- every title in the NES library pretty much had a retail release. Yeah. It was all there in store, at least at some point in time. Nowadays, with all these limited companies, Super Rare, Limited Run, First Press, Hard Copy Games, the, the list goes on and on. Um, these games are not going into retail with the exception of Best Buy Limited Run Deal, which is not every uh, Switch game, but it is some. So so if you want you know, a title, uh, let's say you know, like SteamWorld Quest from Super Rare, the odd, you're never going to a retail store and you're not going to find it, period. And the odds of going to a garage sale 10 years from now and seeing someone selling it for a dollar are so slim to none, especially you know, in that case because that's European and we're in America mm-hmm. – um, you pretty much have to buy it from them or you're going to be paying secondhand. And some of these titles secondhand are, are holding their value. There's very few I'm seeing that are selling for less than what they went for, maybe by $5, nothing huge. No. Um, only nothing to only worry. with uh, PS4 releases on the Unlimited Run, and that's just because a lot of those were also cross-released on Switch and then people have kind of gravitated in mass. Yeah. But um, and, you know, some, they're, they're, they're going to go back up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're all going to go back up. Right now, it comes down a little bit. But but the way I look at it is, if if you're going to buy a game, and even if you're you're going to hold on to it, and say you decide you want to sell it, you know, a year down the road or two years down the road, and if you lose five dollars on it, you lose five dollars on it. That's not the biggest deal. If you if it, if it retains its value, it's a you break even. That's that's always good. Yeah, that's always a safe investment. And if it goes up. You know, boom, it goes up. And it's it's always a safe uh, investment, but it's one of those that if you really want to get them, you got to get them, unfortunately, unfortunately, at launch um, with these, these companies because yeah. very few of them will hold off. You know, you're, you're just not going to find them. And it sucks. It really does. It does really parallel something, though, because you mentioned the NES. Well, they're at least with, like, Sega Master System, uh, and the TurboGrafx 16, there was mail order games. Yep. So uh, Power Strike for the Master System, for example, is a mail order game. You had to mail in for it, and then a lot of later release TurboGrafx 16 games in the U.S. After it kind of 
it kind of tanked a little bit here and became more of a niche thing. You actually had to mail away to that to NEC as well. I think it was NEC still at that time. They may have changed the company name by then, like the Turbo. Um, there was a Turbo name for it later, but um, Turbo Technologies, I think. But um, anyways. Yeah, it's kind of parallels that where it's more of a direct to retailer deal, and we blame we can thank or blame the internet for that, uh, making the world smaller. Um, there is one other way to get some of these limited games, and that is through the fickle nature of collectors. Um, yep. Even through the release of the Switch collector book, I saw the ebbs and flows of collectors in mass kind of leaving the whole set collecting and going toward more of a niche collect what they want mentality because it became very evident once you hit year three that stuff was only getting faster and not slowing down so i was able to pick up some games um at for retail basically uh that people were were getting rid of so that was good um and that's something to keep your eye on and why it's good to be like a participating member of all the communities because if people are you know offloading some of their games maybe there's something you need there Absolutely. Uh, th- see, I think, I think as long as you are part of the communities, you can find deals. Um, absolutely, and and it is true. I mean, I I thought about it myself. Like, oh my god, the Switch is, is on fire. But I'm so I'm enjoying playing the Switch so much, and my wife is enjoying playing the Switch. That it's one of those that I know I'm going to get around to these games eventually, and. To just have it and have friends over and go, you know what? Let's play a game none of us have played. Let's just try one. And we do, we do that with the Wii a lot too. It, it's it's fun, but it just be a hey, you know what? Let's let's pull this game out. Anyone play here? Let's cool. Let's open it up and give it a shot. And we found some really cool titles that way. And and sometimes in between big releases, I'll do the same thing. Uh, you know, like just in between some releases, I went to my wall and I'm looking through and I I'm reading the backs and finding out. This sounds interesting, and and I pulled a game off called Will a Wonderful World. Um, hadn't heard of it before. I, I owned it. You know, I was like, oh, let me read it. And I, I thought the premise sounded cool. Let me pop it in, and it's one of my favorite games this year. Um, so good that I actually double dipped on the collector's edition to support the company and and stuff. So I like doing that in between those big releases, like like the ones like I know I'm going to be playing this. The calendars marked. I'm ready to play, you know, Luigi's Mansion and stuff like that. In between those, I'd love to just go through and find stuff that I've missed that have, you know, kind of fallen through the cracks. Absolutely, and that might be one to uh, do for the playcast, too, because that's kind of what we like to do is pick some random stuff that maybe nobody's heard of and give it a whirl, see how we like it. And Like, I haven't heard of that game, so that's oh, kind of what JP I, used to do. I honestly love that game. JP's, it is so good. JP would just try to do that, find a game that I don't have, so I have to buy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, oh, we're going to play this random back in 1995 game, or like just picking up some random stuff, and some this, of those episodes were on him. What's up? <laughs> this one's from this year. I think it came out on PS4 as well, but it's a, it's a text-based game. Nice. With beautiful music and beautiful artistry, and a really interesting premise and uh, puzzle. It's a puzzle word solving game. Nice. Um, and yeah, I, I won't say more, but if, if that's something you're interested in a future episode, I will gladly do because I think that game does need more exposure because it's not a triple A first person shooter, grayscale shooting the hell out of people. It is, <laughs> it is more of a thought provoking, you know entertainment on a, on a reading level and a puzzle solving and problem solving level. Okay. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like choose your own adventure book kind of deal. Oh, that's right up my le- my lane. That's right up my level. Love that stuff. Um, before we get too sidetracked, I think we need to cover our game of the episode, though. Sure, Speaking let's do it. That, so, the game of the episode, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Um, go ahead and lay a little bit of the wallpaper. Um, we'll use a little bit of Metacritic today for that, because randomly I'll just pick a website to do a little wallpaper laying. Um, developed by Playtonic Games. Um, you collect tonks in the game, of course, so that's ironic. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an action platformer, and it is 2D this time instead of the original Luke ukulele. So the original ukulele was like Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, this one is more like the spiritual successor to Donkey Kong Country. Um, I saw it, the initial trailer, I thought it would be okay, um, just because I was, I was checking it out, and I was really thinking of, like, Tropical Freeze, but, like, you could tell that they really honed in and tightened up the controls for this one, um, it's super, super cool, um, let's read a little summary, though, before we dig into our personal experiences, um, we have Yuka and Laylee are back in a brand new platform hybrid adventure, they must run, jump, and roll their way through a series of challenging 2D levels facing a puzzling overworld and rally the Royal B-Talion to take down Capital B and his Impossible Lair. Um, interestingly enough, the Impossible Lair is available like right at the beginning. Um, basically, it, you can tackle it at any time, um, and it gives you a percentage of how far you get through the Impossible Lair as you play it. Um, which can be really disheartening if once you get later on in the game and you still are only getting 20% through. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, the overworld is not just a hub. There's also lots of little like things to do on the hub world, like unlock secrets, puzzles, extra bees that you can find with collectibles. Um, there's also alternate level states. So in the overworld, for example, if you throw ice at the level, it'll like make the whole... like when you like at the storybook, like there's there's a level you throw you can throw like ice at it for example, and then it'll turn the whole level into ice. Um, there's some crazy ones where you like literally flip a bridge upside down, and then the whole level's upside down or on its side. Or um, they got really unique as you continue to play through. So I thought it was a really like something I've not seen done in a platformer in an overworld game before. Um, it really is just super cool. Um, user reviews are like glowing, by the way. The critic reviews are in like the the 80s and the 90s. Uh, GameStop didn't like it though because they're, uh, you know, they have no. Uh, they probably didn't get paid enough to to write the review. <laughs> but <laughs> and just some people didn't like that they changed from the banjo kazooies. You have a lot of tens, and there's one guy's like zero out of ten. It didn't. I like the original. <laughs> like, crazy stuff. So, um, how far were you able to get, Barry? Um, <clears throat> I think I got 26 or 27 Bs at the moment. I think I'm on stage uh, 15, but I can go to 16 and 17. There, you know, you could tackle levels in any order. Yeah. So, like that. I'm. I mean, I'm. I think there's only like 20 or so levels, like 20 or so books, but okay. each. Each stage, when when there's multiple versions, I think it counts twice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you get an extra B. <laughs> so, uh, 
How many paywalls yep. did you get past? Because, because like the the snake this time, he has literal paywalls you have to pay to unlock more of the map. I think I got them all because he said like, "Oh, come see me at my cabin now." Did you pay oh. him at his cabin for the barbecue yet? No, I did not. Okay, I I uh, paid him for his barbecue at the cabin, and then it like burned the cabin down and opened up more of the map. <laughs> Oh really? And I was like, oh, because I thought, because I, I think I was where you were, and then I was like playing through everything, and then I finally got enough twit coins um, to pay him for his barbecue. Because I was like, oh yeah, you get a fourth tonic slot, um, and the tonics are used to modify the level or do advantageous or hurtful things. Um, but this is giving you a fourth tonic slot, so I did that, and then it like burned down, and it's like, oh, here's more levels for you too. By the way. I'm like, yeah, I don't have enough twit coins yet to do that. Yeah, I think I'm just shy. So there's like, like said, five twit coins hidden on each version of each stage, um, usually off the beaten path, but they're pretty like pretty easy to tell if there's gonna be one hidden because there's like nooks and crannies and blind spots everywhere in the levels. Yeah, it's super cool though. See now, what's interesting for this is I went into this. I've done this now twice. I started the game. And I really enjoyed it. And I will say this. I enjoy messing around in the overworld a hundred times more than the levels. <laughs> um, in fact, it, it got to the point where I would do everything in the overworld and I had to go to the levels. And I was almost dreading it. Like, oh, I guess I have to do this. And it, some of these levels, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're very creative levels. And I think they're a blast. But some overstay their welcome. And, and some of them are very punishing. Um, they're, they're, they're very... Like, there's a lot of bonus, a lot of risk-reward kind of deal. Yeah. Thankfully, like, the twit coins are saved if you get to a checkpoint, um, and any quills you get are saved at the checkpoint, and there's infinite lives. Infinite lives is the big one. Where, like, <laughs> and before when I first started playing, I was like, man, this game is way too difficult, because I, I, I get the anxiety over dying since I'm an old-school gamer. And then, like, I realized, oh, I can just die a million times and continue to make slow progress to checkpoints. It becomes a lot more doable until you get to the impossible layer. But there's there's some staples of, like, 2D platforming that I, I, I'm missing now, and I th- when when... I took a break from the game when Luigi's Mansion came out. And before I went back to it, I played New Super Lucky Tail, which is an easier platformer, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went back to Ukulele, and it took me probably a good 10 deaths to get reaccustomed and acclimated to Ukulele's control. Um, because one thing New Super Lucky Tail has is a double jump, which is pretty standard in a lot of 2D platformers. They'll have that extra jump. Yeah. And and like going into ukulele, I was like, oh, I got, oh wait, I can't do that now. What was and, your tonic setup when you played levels? Oh, I don't even. I'm not even using tonics. I'm oh, going. Oh, see, that's fine. that might be part of your thing then, because <laughs> once I actually got a tonic setup that I liked, the game became much more enjoyable for me. Um, I did one where it keeps your twit coins no matter what. Yeah, so, but like. They- there, there's pe- there's penalties though. You yes. get less quill, and I don't care about so. the quill right now. Like I just, I like I'll replay a level if I need more quill, and then I'll turn it off. So yes, while I'm twitting, <laughs> yeah. So like playing through first time, I'm like I want to keep all my twit coins. Um, there's that one. There's one that has Laylee um hang out longer after you get hit, so he kind of floats around for a while. That or she, um, that helps. And then the third one I use is a you hold the attack button and you do this twirl and it's 
almost as good as a second jump. So yeah. you like jump and you do this like hover twirl and I can literally it's it's very very advantageous to use it if you don't mind getting rid of a little bit of quill and I'm not using the quill at all right now. I'm literally trying to just make progress because I'm trying to play as far as I could for the the episode. Yeah. So I was like, and and actually that's the way to play the game right now and then Later on, if I need to, I'll grind out if I really want to. But I don't think that's going to be fun. As you said, there's some stuff missing from the game. It almost feels like a chore to play through the levels at times. It does. Yeah, and like I mean, when when you play a Mario level, for example, yeah, usually you could beat it in five minutes or so, and even that's with deaths and stuff, and you could probably get everything. And like that's cool. Five minutes a level, you got all these levels. Some of these levels take twenty something minutes, Mm -hmm. and when you only have you know maybe an hour to play, it's three levels, um, and that's if you're lucky. And it's like I I feel like I want to do more. So it's it's definitely one of those games that I'm probably gonna beat all the levels and, and get all the bees but i'm not going to go back for all the twit coins i'm not going to go back for all the tonics like if i find them as i explore cool but there's so many other games coming out and there's so many games that are pre, you know just even this year that i haven't touched yet do i really want to sit there and figure out the best tonic patterns and figure out where all the hidden stuff is <laughs> i'd probably just move on to another game to be honest <laughs> Because I think but, when we were chatting, I was halfway through, which was like 24, I think, out of 48. And then I did another playthrough, and I unlocked a lot more. I think I'm to level 17, 18, some, something like that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go back. Um, just for the simple fact that after I got through, I went through the impossible lair. And even with 24 hit points, because each B you get is a hit point in the impossible lair. Um I still only got about 20% through, and I felt like I was owning it and doing awesome. And then it's like, oh, 20%, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, my friend who is is very skilled in uh, 2D platformers, uh, loves them, actually played this game, got everything of every level, got all the Bs, all 48 Bs, got all the tonics, got all the, the twit coins, everything, and still couldn't beat the impossible layer. And he put down his controller and said, I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, oh, if you're giving up after getting 100% of everything else, <laughs> that means I'm not going to yeah. probably throw my not throw myself into that. I don't know if I'm willing to uh, put myself through that kind of frustration when there's so many other games we need to play. Like, everybody needs to play here. Um, yeah. I may throw it in it for a quick playthrough if I you know get a hair up my butt. But <laughs> it's like um, I got other stuff to do. See, I think it's one of those things where if if you, let's say you get it for Christmas and you don't get many games and like this is the game you get, there's a lot of content in this game. You will absolutely get your money's worth. If this is your only one for a while, um, then absolutely play it and master it and figure out everything. It will keep you busy. But if you have a bunch of other games and difficulty isn't something that excites you if you want to just play a game to relax and unwind and not get frustrated um then this probably isn't the game for you or at least not 100 percenting this game and you definitely hit the nail on the head when you mentioned 
um, coming back to it is also uh-huh. a chore. And that's not a good thing because you're going to sit there, play another game, come back, and you're like, man, I don't want to get back into this now after having to relearn. Honestly, if it wasn't for this episode, I would probably have not put that back in. I would have maybe done a Hat in Time or, or you know, Pokemon's just in a couple days, just just held off until Pokemon played something smaller. Yeah. But, you know, like, again, I mentioned New Super Lucky Tale before. A lot of people are like, oh, it's an easy platformer. And, and you know what? It is. And it didn't take me long to beat that game. Um, I just stopped at the, the last level. It's like oh, just harder stuff. And I don't really want to do harder stuff. But it was fun. It was fun. It was just entertaining. I was able to unwind doing it. And then I came back to this. And it was like, oh, this level is such a chore in comparison. And when a game feels like a chore, I think that's the time to put it down and move on. And that's just to say, for me, it was a chore. Maybe for you, um, it absolutely won't be a chore. And, and it's that's funny. True. That's true. You know, like with, with New, for example, I mentioned Mario earlier. With New Super Mario Brothers U, when that came out, I played through that 100% of that game. I, I loved it. I really did. Yeah. And then New Super Luigi U came out, and I never got around to it. I got Me it. Too. And Me too. Like, literally so this, didn't dig into it because it was just, it seemed like it was difficulty for difficulty's sake. <laughs> Well, I didn't even play it. I didn't even open it. I didn't have time. And then January of this year hits and new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe comes out on the Switch. So I opened it up and I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to play through Mario U. I'm going to play through Luigi U. And I got about halfway through. I wasn't collecting everything. And I just I put it down and said, you know what? I'm just not having fun. I'm honestly not having fun with this version. And I just stopped. I said, this has become a chore. Where I, I 100% in Mario U. So it's I think like for me it's... playing anything beyond easy mode in Mario Maker 2. Um, <laughs> if I play medium or even even medium, like hard for sure, but even medium seems like there's troll levels in there. Whereas like easy is like <laughs> just normal levels and it's pretty fun when you're playing online. But like well, I that's, just don't that's get the different. enjoyment, man. That's user created. Like this, the levels here are not troll levels. The levels here are very well crafted levels in ukulele. Oh, absolutely. Expertly crafted. It is just on a difficult scale. And again, if that's your thing, if that's what you like, like I said, I got to, I got to be level 15. I could go to 16, 17. So I'm, I'm three fourths of the way through the levels and I did not get all the twit coins. I did not, you know, I found some hidden exits, but it's just one of those. And again, no tonic. So it is much harder with no tonics. And now, now I will say that I'm not because, because I use tonics, I'm not on the same difficulty spike as you are when it comes to the levels. But the transition is exactly what you said about your friend. The transition from the main game to the impossible layer is such a drastic amount that it's just not enjoyable. And that's where my anxiety comes in is I do not want to play the impossible layer. It just it just doesn't seem like fun to me. And there's like you have to take certain damage in spots, it seems. And it's just not something I'm looking forward to, but playing through the rest of the worlds, I think I'm going to play through them at least one time. And I think that's going to be my key because the little snake, he wants 99 twit coins now. So I do. Oh my God. I think it's done. I don't think yeah. there's 99 more. I think it's a joke. So I hope it's a joke. Um, so I don't. There's 200 total in the game. So that's literally really? half. Or just just one under half of the entire game. Okay, that would be like well, he jokingly <laughs> that's you could you jokingly need said that's like all the rest of the coins, and I'm like, hmm, no, I'm not gonna go for a hundred percent coin. No, uh, 
now. And and that that would be replaying levels over and over again. I had to replay some levels to get to the 30 to unlock the last section that I just did. Um, if it ends up being that there's more behind that proverbial quote-unquote paywall, I'll probably stop there um, instead of grinding out 99 coins when I have like 10 left right now or less than 10 right now. Like, no, it's not going to be fun. Um, no. And I, I'm glad that I've went away from being a completionist because I used to be OCD <laughs> about that stuff. And as I get older, a, <laughs> see, now I'm a completionist when it comes to certain games. And like I said, Mario Odyssey, I 100 percent at that game. Like 3D, 3D platformers, I love doing a new Super Lucky Tale. Again, I 100 percent at that. Um, and I find it fun as long as the objectives are fun. And yeah. and I, this is someone who did Donkey Kong 64 100 percent. Like I didn't mind that. I mean, granted, granted, I was a kid, but still, I would love to have the time to hundred percent a lot of these games. <laughs> I mean, I'm beating them, uh, like Mario Odyssey. Um, I would love to have hundred percent in Breath of the Wild. That game is so good. Um, but like, just not having the time because obviously I'm working on books too, and I'm doing yeah, of lots of other stuff and family, and you know what I mean. So it's like, it's a prioritization of like, well, I'm just going to get some enjoyment. And I, I've actually found myself having a lot more fun with video games by just enjoying them casually. Um, but I do want to beat them. (laughs) So like me not being able to beat ukulele because the impossible (laughs) air is so un not unfair, but lopsided when it comes to difficulty. It's like unbalanced. There we go. It's so unbalanced. Un- it's so unbalanced compared to the rest of the game that it's almost like, well, do I want to even put forth more effort when? To be fair, you knew what you were getting into. It's in the title of the game and the name of the level. It is impossible. That is so. So you knew going into it. What it was. But no, honestly, if they made a third ukulele and they made it just like the overworld in this, I would be so happy. I think fun. the overworld is so creative. The, the way you change the levels is creative. The puzzles had to unlock different caves and little nooks and crannies. It's fun. It, to me, that is fun. Like, if the whole game was nothing but the overworld, I would 100% it. <laughs> like, you know what really I think crushes my spirits, though, is watching some, some people online, like, play, and they're, like, so good at the game. And I'm like, because like I think it was I watched an episode of The Completionist, and he did Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, and he got 100 percent in it, which means you have to play the Impossible Lair at the beginning of the game with no bees. So you have what? To, and he did it, and I'm like, he, it took him like 20 hours or something. He was frustrated as hell, but like he got it done. And I'm like, I can't even do it with 28 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, ironically, I watched his thing on New Super Lucky Tale, and he's like, oh, I only died like nine times. And, like, I died like nine times in some of the labyrinth puzzles in there because I was starting to, like, trigger my vertigo because the camera's going all over the place. And and that final boss took me at least five times. And I'm like, what the damn, man? What the heck? Yeah, so, I mean, and that that being said, like, he's an expert gamer, like, god tier gamer. Like, that's what he is because that's what he does is play games for a living. But, like. Man, it just makes me feel like, man, if he could do that, I should be able to beat this damn lair. But then it's like, do I have the time to dedicate to get better? Because that's the old school gaming mentality. You yep. play, and that's why when you were saying the recommendation of if this is your only game, you'll be good because you got no, nothing else to take the time away. And you can dedicate the time because you have to play it to get good. Your skills have to progress. The um, 
the PG challenges, those are they seem like they're the same challenges that are in the Impossible Air. Um, but the Impossible Air is back to back to back to back with no break. Yeah, where there's like not much rest. Well, I think that that is it. You know, those NES days and those you know Super Nintendo days and stuff like that. You know, when we were a kid, you get one game, maybe two games, and that's it for months, months. Yeah, like, or that's your rental for the weekend. It's the only game. You <laughs> or got. yeah, yeah. And so you you have nothing else to do, so you you will play through it. You will play through because you have to. It's either that or you don't play games. And you want to play games, um, but when you you know have other options. Um, and especially as you get older and you have the money to buy other games, you and also you gain have infinite options that we have. <laughs> yeah, well, we have infinite options, but but uh, still, as you get older, in addition to that, you have more responsibilities, which means you have less time to play those games. Yeah. Uh, you have to choose your priorities. And if that's your priority, I'm going to 100% it. There's still nothing wrong with that. I know people that still do that. But if you say, you know what, I used to, if, if I was 10, I probably could do it. But now that I'm in my <laughs> 20s or 30s, like, uh, you know what, I don't have time for this, or I'd rather do something else. And I tell I tell you know all my friends, like, if I play a game, I play on the easiest setting. I play on the mode to yeah, see the cool. story so I could experience the game and have fun with it and I don't try to you know break, break myself on it because if this is if I could put 500 hours in this game uh, doing 100% that's a lot of other games I could be playing I could do it in 10 hours and just enjoy the story see what it has to offer and move on um, it has to be something very special for me to spend that many hours in a game like over 100 hours and I think since the Switch came out there have only been three games that have captured me that long, which was Breath of the Wild, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. Yeah, definitely Breath of the Wild for me. I haven't had the time to do the other two yet to that level. Um, I put in a good 20 hours in a Dragon Quest, though, recently, So, which is unheard of for me. <laughs> uh, the thing is, though, I, I jokingly, and I will continue to jokingly say, man, I really want the Switch to be my last console. <laughs> I collect more, because then it's like, once I'm retired and an old codger, I can just literally sit back and enjoy the entire thing, you know what I mean? The touch now. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing to be able to just, to just jump through and enjoy the switch at retirement but i have every trust that nintendo knows how to to get us back in with the next console and the next <coughs> console and the next oh, console yeah. like so it's never gonna end but this system is pretty damn perfect it is well you you know the next one's gonna be backwards compatible so oh my <laughs> lord <laughs> it's just i mean and the thing is is that i say that like oh, i could just play the switch but it's like i have every other system too and i'm gonna just look around my game room right now and it's like i have a complete neo geo collection behind me it's like uh never ending story <laughs> never have enough time we never will <laughs> it's it's like that twilight zone episode you know the one i'm talking about with the library yeah and the, the guy who loves to read and he's the last man alive and he can read all he wants he breaks his glasses that's what it's going to be it's going to come down to having all these games and the world's ended and this you could just sit there and play but there's no power <laughs> we have no power oh no or the batteries all die or <laughs> emp goes off so we have no electronics <laughs> everything's fried look at that box arted enjoy it <laughs> read the manual oh wait there's no more manuals <laughs> so do you have a recommendation out there for everybody listening i mean for me i would say absolutely if you want an old school style difficulty with the platformer this is a spiritual successor successor to donkey kong country 
Um, feels a lot like the more modern ones when it comes to a, a difficulty level, but a little more lenient, especially if you're willing to use the tonics. If you're doing tonic-less run, it really feels like the Wii um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Because um, I would say that the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze that was nerfed on the Switch um, with Funky Kong is kind of like using tonics in the Apostle yes. So I would say that's absolutely a great game. Um, prepare to be frustrated in the impossible layer, though. If you go in knowing that and you have the time to dedicate to get good at the control mechanics, which are tight, by the way. They're tight. Um, but if you can get good at it, um, it's it's well worth playing. I would absolutely recommend it. I think Playtonic did awesome with the game. Um, but I think it's just a circumstance of, you know, being in a time right now where we're getting 10 games a week and like triple A games coming out at the same time. And it's like just pulling our attention in so many spots that it's like, if it was released during a dead time, like we would be, uh, it would be amazing to be able to focus strictly on this, but I mean, you were mentioning games. I've I've been to mention some games that I've gotten in, but like, obviously Luigi's Mansion. Like, I'm still jumping into that, so it's like even now my focus is still split. Yeah, well, we got like 30 games this month already, or something like physical. And that's not even touching digital stuff. It's you said this month. It's been 13 days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. I know. We're getting to a day. Well, like, to be fair, I'm I'm counting like Friday is like this the rest of this week, you know, like what comes out okay. Friday. But still. So, so halfway through the month and we got two games a day. That's insane. <laughs> Pretty much. It is insane. It is it is ridiculous how many titles are coming out. And and like you, Best I echo that. Best problem. <clears throat> best, best first row problems for sure. Yeah, I echo I that though. If you love DKC, like the original trilogy, if you love the DKL games, if you love Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze, and that's your jam, this is absolutely up your alley. Especially with the tonics, because you can you can artificially kind of make it as difficult as you want. Yeah. Um. And and that probably will what I what I probably will do going forward just to finish it. I'll probably just say screw it and use the tonics, screw the quills. Um, but you could you could also make it harder with tonics. So I don't want people to think like tonics are the easy mode. There are tonics to make each enemy take two hits, but you get Absolutely. more quills at the end. So tonics work both ways. And there's also cosmetic. There's like a Game Boy resolution and stuff like yeah, that. You make I didn't it look like mess game. with any of the resolution tonics, but I saw plenty of videos online to satiate that and realize that tonics cost quill. So the yes. fact that I wasn't buying tonics meant I didn't need to collect quill, so I could just. <laughs> use i just bought a few tonics that ended up being perfect for me tonics you have to find first and then you actually have to purchase the ability to use it but once you purchase it you can use it indefinitely yes and so like but the ones that like make things more difficult for example less checkpoints for example is one it gives you more quill yep so there is the give and take there is there is uh farming methods for for quill too where you do like less checkpoints but you go to like the first level and you master the first level and it's like less checkpoints no big deal you're you're just going and almost autopilot and you could pull out a lot of quill that way yeah so it is give and take um it is customizable the humor is good it's the music is amazing it's grand curve it's amazing if you love you know any of the banjo and the donkey kong music you will love 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 the music um like i said the humor is very rare esque the, the humor in the 
overworld is on point. It's just perfectly 90s and early 2000s. Um, it, it really is. It And it works real well for the setting. It draws you in. Like, we didn't even really talk about that during the review of the game, but it's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they really do knock it out of the park with the game. It's just our own personal first world problems that we're all going through as gamers right now. And all the, I bet most of the listeners that are collectors too, are, are in the same boat. Oh yeah. No, it's, it is, it is worth a playthrough at least to, to give it a shot, I would say. Yeah. But if you want to like, Oh, I love this kind of thing. I want hundred percent. It set aside some time. Um, because sometimes just finding out how to change the level, um, with the environment as a puzzle. And then, of course, when you go into it, not only is the level changed, but it has five new twit coins in five new locations and all new obstacles. So it's not just, oh, I've done this level. I'm just going to go, oh, the coin's not there. Oh, it's in a different location with a different puzzle. Of course it is, because it's insane. So I would definitely say we both recommend the game, but, you know, with connotations in it. Um, but that is Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Um let us know, everybody listening, uh, either via social media or wherever, like what you think of the game. Um, we'll definitely read comments. Um, if we get JP back on the bandwagon, he used to post like those kind of polls and stuff. Let's see if we can get him back to do that for us. That would that would help. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, so throughout the week, though, like I'm still playing Luigi's Mansion. Um, how I'm tackling it though, is I'm doing one floor at a time to take it in as I'm still playing playcast games. So the level that I just played was the garden level where you're climbing up a giant, yeah, seventh floor where you're climbing up a giant beanstalk that was reanimated by a ghost. It was really cool. Um, and I like going back to things and playing this game. This game is a, a really a good one to sink into, and we'll do a full review eventually on it because it's just an excellent game. Um, it is. But I'm going to have to do it like that just because everything that's going on. Um, I, I still have another 19 digital-only reviews to write. Um, I'm at 19 now, so... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and I have a lot of traveling to do this weekend, so... I would say for um, the next game, we should probably pick something that I've recently played um, and that I'll just have to revisit. Um, do you have Shakedown Hawaii? Uh, I think I, I think I think that came out physically. I do have it. I haven't touched it. It though. did. It did. Um, it's Grand Theft Auto Super Nintendo style, um, and it's a not a bad time sink. I would recommend like we we cover that one next because i definitely already fully played through that it sucked me in you're gonna make me go into that with pokemon in two days man because <laughs> yeah, pokemon's gonna be the side hustle for a while because that's a big game there's no uh, way to get that done in a week like, no i can I, that's yeah. my plan challenge accepted but i wouldn't I'm... be able to it's gonna be a while before <laughs> i can talk about some pokemans um <laughs> yeah so get... so you mentioned that you um but we're playing Super Lucky's Tale. Um, yes. My daughter's obsessed with foxes, so I definitely picked up Super Lucky's Tale. Haven't played it yet because I was playing, because I got it in, ma- in the mail, I was playing the Hat in Time. Ah, uh, see, Hat in Time I also got, and I chose Super Lucky's Tale first. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I've was i been playing the Hat in Time. Um, instead of Shakedown Hawaii, if you want to play a Hat in Time. 
I would probably rather do that. Ah, you're a platformer. Got it. Okay. Um, let's cover a hat in time next time, everybody listening. Um, Shakedown Hawaii might be in the future. Um, but that'll be good because it'll give me some time to throw a hat in time back in and beat some more levels. It's Mario 64, like a spiritual successor. It's a good one. It's what I've heard. And one of, one of, uh, a Nintendo fuse listeners is obsessed with it. And he keeps yelling at me like, you got to play hat in time. You got to play hat in time. So there it, you it'll go, make- listener. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. Damn it. Um, so the other games that I've gotten in the mail or bought or all of that. So I got su- new super lucky's tail in the hat in time. Hat in time was a pre-order. Um, when I went to get super, new Super Lucky's Tale at GameStop, I finally picked up a physical copy of Minecraft for my daughter. Um, if you're not tracking, when you play the Switch and the Switch Lite, and your main old Switch is your primary, the Switch Lite will be kicked offline when you play any digital download game. But what we also found out with the Hat in Time is DLC. So, because A Hat in Time has DLC on it that you actually have to put in a code for to get the DLC on top of the game that's on the cartridge, um, it kicks her off. It was kicking her off Minecraft. That's weird. It's so crazy. And so, like, and the problem is, is that if you create, like, say, I just create her own account, well, the games don't cross download, right? Because it's a new account. So you have to rebuy all the games or something. Um, so it's That's crazy. Why I hate digital. <laughs> so so the workaround for everybody listening, the best workaround is I threw my switch in airplane mode. Because hers, the the secondary one, it's required to be online to validate that you have the authorization to play a game. Um so like a, a downloaded game. And Minecraft is the one that she wants to play. Um, if I put mine, mine does not require that to play because I have the primary. So if I put it in airplane mode, it doesn't know if I'm playing a, a, an online, a, di- a digital game. So we can both play digital games flawlessly if you put the primary Switch in airplane mode. These are the kind of life hacks that we all need to know as Switch players. <laughs> like, that is interesting like yeah it's it's super crazy but i did pick her up the physical copy um and they finally updated minecraft to add foxes to it as i said she's obsessed with foxes so they finally updated the um switch minecraft to add that it's been on the pc for a while already um so i picked up that um my daughter also wanted forager so Um, which Forger's like almost a top-down Zelda-style game where you're crafting and creating stuff on a level. Um, It's a little too complex for her, unfortunately. That sucks. Yeah, it was a a little too involved. Um, I think when she gets a little older, she'll she'll be able to grind through it because you have to do a lot of... It's a lot of mining, mining stuff. And so she just didn't quite get sucked into it i was playing it for a while though and it was pretty fun um but again it's it's a lot of busy work you know like farming simulator <laughs> like to me it's like um a lot of busy work and there's so many involving games or involved games that i need to play now that i don't have time for the busy work games right now um starting valley would be another one man yeah, Stardew Valley, I've heard great things. Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2, and I, I love Dragon Quest games. And it's like, yeah. I just don't have time for that. You know, I never touched Minecraft. It's like, I want to play them. I want to be like, oh, I'll see how it is. But it's just, 
it's I get them, but it's no time. We're almost at our year anniversary, and my daughter got obsessed with Minecraft for the first time, and. Like, I didn't get it until we were playing creative mode together, and we are just building stuff, building houses in our own thing, and it's like, oh, it's basically virtual Legos when you play it in creative mode. <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't like the whole survival thing, because, again, don't have the time to do all of the busy work. Um, but, yeah, so, Foragers like that, um, definitely cool, though, if you're into Minecraft-style games, like, and um, Stardew Valley, it's right up that alley, pun intended. Um... I did get a cheap game, uh, one of those under-dollar games. I think it was under $0.10 game, uh, Bouncy Bob. I don't know if you heard of Bouncy Bob. Bouncy Bob, never heard of that yeah, one. I think it was like $0.09 cents or something ridiculous, which is nine points. <laughs> You're checking in games, like nine gold points or coins or whatever. Like, insane. Um, it's I only played it for a couple seconds so far. Like Seconds. Two, yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, I just fired it up just to make sure it worked and, <laughs> and like, it's weird cause you, to jump, you're bouncing all over the place, but to jump, you have to hold down the button and it does this like back and forth, kind of like a barrel in ukulele going back and forth. And then you just hit the button and it jumps randomly. So there's like no control over your job. That sounds terrible. Yeah. So... I don't know how much I'm going to be playing that game, but it was nine cents or something. So I figured it's worth it getting it while it's on sale for the Switch collector in the future if it doesn't get a physical release. And if it does, I'll probably avoid it because I got it for nine cents. Avoid a $20, $30 game. <laughs> that is, I think yeah. you're better off putting that nine cents towards another game. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And I'm just using points. I didn't even spend money. Um, the other, I got two more games. The other ones I got was Super Monkey Ball, a Banana Blitz, yes. which I initially wanted them to release the GameCube one, but because Banana Blitz doesn't have the gimmickry of the the Wii with the initial release, this is an ultimate release. I played through uh, the first two worlds and pretty flawlessly. It was awesome. It's it's really fun. It's classic Super Monkey Ball. Um, so I'm definitely up the, um, ante that I want to play that more, but it's going to be once in a while, um, for sure. And then in the mail today, uh, I got down well from, um, was it the special reserve? Special reserve. Yeah. With their amazing freaking boxes with the awesome, like the awesome feels to it. Their, their boxes has NES style box and it's just the material that the box is in. And then comes with a flip grip which i already have a flip grip but um i got a second one now apparently that's that's exactly what i'm gonna be getting because i got the flip grip from limited run and then now i have another one coming well i haven't gotten my download yet i want to say i bought the flip grip on indiegogo or kickstarter whatever they had it on crowdfunding back in the day i haven't used it though because i usually play mine docked yeah i very um, rarely play and uh handheld I want to say I played Donkey Kong, the arcade archives. Um, yeah. It was nice playing it in tape mode. Um, <laughs> Got to love tape mode. Yeah, and I played a couple shoot 'em ups The only thing that um, irritated me was is the lack of D-pad because the Hori Zelda D-pad doesn't work with the flip grip because it requires power. Um, and that would be the same deal with your Damon X Machina. That stinks. So no D-pad right now for the flip grip because they don't have one that's auto powered yet 
yet that I'm tracking. There might be one out there that I just don't have, but I have not seen it. So I'm sure, you can do a custom job. I've seen people alter Joy Cons oh, to edit Absolutely. Steve. Yeah, and most of the time I'm finding myself using the um, analogs anyways nowadays, which is blasphemous as an old school gamer. But, <laughs> but yeah, so. Out of your million games you got over the week, what are some of your favorites? Since I think we don't have enough time to go over every um, every shovelware game that came out, but <laughs> JP would do that. I'm like, dude, JP. <laughs> don't, care, don't care about the damn farming simulators and my ponies and <laughs> yeah. racing with Ryan, racing with JP, racing with JP. Yeah. yeah, I got that game unfortunately, but yeah, racing oh, with JP. My daughter watches him on YouTube, and I'm uh-huh. like. Want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you talking just like recently? Or you're talking about the whole so, library. So, since the last week, um, oh, just what is last some of week. your favorites? Like, we, so we've covered a few that I got because I I'm picky with what I buy. <laughs> so, like, what I'm buying is stuff that I enjoy. But like, since you're going for a set, like, what are some of your your favorites that were released within the week? Oh, well, oh, definitely New Super Lucky Tail and, and the Hat in Time, for sure. That was a, a big, big day. Uh, the the newest Layton um, got a oh. the 3DS game, got a Switch version. Um, it's Layton's daughter. Um, oh, that's cool because uh, we did get a Japan only with English. Um, what was it? Ace Attorney, um, which I yep. haven't picked up yet. But it's cool that they're putting Layton on now, too. That's, that's it's, awesome. It's his daughter. It's oh, that's uh, cool. And, uh, yeah, that, that's one of those that I didn't get to play on the 3DS and that's a deluxe. So it's like, oh, cool. You know, I'll probably get around to it sometime, maybe next year. Um, but hopefully, (laughs) hopefully sooner. Uh, (laughs) Oh God. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it exists for is to get us all as gamers out of our comfort zone and play, fire these games up. Uh, double switch came in from limited run. Okay. Uh, Eternal nice. Blade Two just came in today. That was that was. Eternal that was Blade Two will definitely be on my to buy list in the future. Uh, double Switch. I mean, I have it on Sega Saturn, so I don't know if I yeah. need to double up on Double Switch. I have it on everything at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like PS4 uh, and Vita and all that stuff. Like, oh, I'm no. just saying, I have the original. So. I have the original too yeah. on Sega CD. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm looking at the uh, the big giant case of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think outside of the ones that you mentioned, you know, I got Forager, uh, you know, just any, anything physical that came out. Well, it's like, is I there got. anything that I didn't so, pick up that you got? There was got. anything, <laughs> like, super noteworthy. Yeah, so that's what we'll do uh, each week is, like, out I'll, go over that, that with, did I'll go over with what like, out. The what problem I, is, is that I just got emails, and it's like, oh, your Amazon order is shipped, Oh, cool. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. Or, so, you know, so your Best like, Buy order is shipped. Like, Fishing Star is coming out and tomorrow. Yeah. And... But what we'll do is we'll go over, like, in future episodes, we'll go over, like, stuff that I've gotten and then anything that, that I missed. Because I guarantee you I'm not going to be able to pick up everything. Yeah, River City Girls just came in today, too. Oh, nice. I've I've had that for a while, but I think I got a different version then. You know, you got yeah. There was an Asian release and then the limited run, and then mm. Best Buy's version is December, which is from the limited run. I want to so say I an did get limited run, but I didn't go LE. I didn't either. Huh. My standard one just came in. Both there's like Asian English and then the English. I'll just take the render English one. 
I'll have so to look at my case and see if I got the limited run or the non because yeah, London and I have been playing it two player co op. I've heard good things about it. Just yeah, like I said, literally just came in today. Nice. That's a good one though. That's an awesome game. Like I, I know I'm just gearing up for Pokemon. Like I'm gonna do Pokemon <laughs> because my wife really wants to do Pokemon. So I'm like, all right, well, that's one of those things where we can play together and trade and battle and stuff. So oh yeah, I I mean it's gonna be Pokemon World for a while and. As I mentioned to Barry, uh, as we were chatting, I'm like, as we get toward the holiday season, we're probably going to pick some games we've played and classic games, so that way we can talk about some stuff every week, um, and we'll talk collecting during holidays and stuff, um, but that way we don't have a huge time sink when we're getting sidetracked by some of these large games that are coming out, because um, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. I mean, what's probably going to happen with Pokemon is we'll probably both start it. She'll get busy. I'll keep going. I'll beat it. She'll be behind, and then she'll set the bug me to put the cart back in to trade with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Like, stop playing that. Put it back in. I need something. Okay. Because that's what happened with Let's Go. I play through. I beat it. She is like lollygallying behind me, and then like poking, like, let's trade something. You know, you have this one. I don't have this one. Trade with me. All right. Hold on. Let me put it back in. Like for a while, I was sitting in my Smash Brothers case because I had Smash in, and I was like, oh, hold on. Let me swap back over. <laughs> and it's like you saying those games just makes me feel like sad as a gamer because I'm like, man, didn't finish Let's Go, didn't finish, you didn't even lock all the characters in Smash yet. Oh my god! I'm like, oh my! Like I, I seriously keep playing games and more games. I don't go back to them, and it's a, it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem. Very good, Very good problem. To have. It's for sure a problem though because I just don't have the time. I mean, it's even with like my daughter and her friends playing smash and I still haven't unlocked all the characters. Like they're playing a ton of it and that's insane. Wow. And, and smash yeah, I, is awesome. So smash is great. Yeah. I, I unlocked everything and did the story and all the DLC. Like, really, really so good. Quick. Yeah. I, I did the story probably within a week and a half. Yes. Yeah, so like, you got I, a lot more focused yeah, than I do. I will tell you I, that. I, I put everything aside. Like Smash Brothers is one of those games. Like when it comes out, like I'll I'll do everything I can with really quickly, and then I'll peter out, and it'll be like, oh, did you do this challenge? No. Did you do this challenge? No. Go, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that it's moments past the the honeymoon phase is over. I've moved on. I mean, there really is so many games right now for the Switch that could be like, oh, this is the only game I have, and I'm happy. And we have a hundred of those. <laughs> like it's like. I mean, we have so many good games that we would be fine with, and it's like it's. And uh, next year's probably Xenoblade Chronicles remastered, and Breath of the Wild two possible, and, and Bayonetta three, and Metroid Prime four all possible next year. Yeah, a Zelda games coming out next year for sure. Like I'm thinking, it's going to be uh, the HD remaster re-releases. Yeah. Like that's got to happen sooner than later. Um, but. As we were mentioning last week, like you were saying, Breath of the Wild 2 is using the same engine, so you never know. Yep. Um, anticipate, though, a Switch yep. 2 release with that one. Yeah, it's probably going to be on both. It's probably going to be like enhanced with Switch 2, but yeah. playable on Switch 1. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, progression, I've also uh, played a few more levels, worlds, whatever, in um, Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> oh nice yeah it's so funny i play with my daughter and she's in level two and she does like two reps and i'm doing 37 
reps. And I'm like, I'm over here hitting muscle failure and I'm playing. And she's like, oh, this is too easy, Daddy. What are you having a problem with? I'm like, you jerk. I'm so tired right now. (laughs) You're lucky I'm too tired. I can't do anything. And and where she had an issue, though, was not being used to or forgetting the actions. So she was playing a level where she had to fight enemies. And then she when you do ab guard, um, you literally put against your abs when the enemies attack and it takes away a sliver of health. Well, one, she missed one. So she lost a heart. And then when she's running the next section, she didn't realize like I told her, hey, pull it up so you can do the vacuum suction and go to the left she went to the right missed the hearts and then went to the next enemy and they killed her and then she gave up i'm like no don't give up and i get mad like i'm like why are you giving up this is too easy like and she's like no i'm done and she like gets really um defeated when it comes to that kind of stuff and i'm like well you still leveled up and so i gotta get her back into the game again the next time but it's like uh trying to get her not to give up when there's so much out there that she would rather be doing with distractors like that's literally her generation there's like so much she could be doing it's a totally different ball game than what you know we grew up with yeah (laughs) it is man I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, we get frustrated in the possible air and move on to another game because it's like, well, I got a million other games to play. It's the same deal. It's exactly the same deal. Yeah. I mean, we're no better, but <laughs> it's to, a, it's to a, a point, though, and I'm trying to set a good example for her when it comes to, like, at least the fitness stuff and something like, we'll try it again. doesn't matter if you <laughs> die. They give us infinite lives nowadays. Like. Yeah, nowadays everyone is infinite. Actually, it's funny too because um, New Super Lucky Tail actually has lives again, um, which is interesting. Yeah, not not that you know. It, I don't think you're ever gonna hit zero, but it it is kind of frustrating when you you fail you know a couple times on on stuff, and it's like, oh man, I just lost three lives. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it gives you a little stake in the game, which I, I enjoy as a yeah gamer. Um, also, an interesting thing, just off of a non-Switch note, is, um, and you may have seen, I posted it on social media, but a um, one of the NES Maker creators. So NES Maker is a software you can create NES games that literally will burn to a cartridge, like the program, and you can play it in a real Nintendo. And a guy made something called Turtle Rescue, and... The game Turtle Rescue won like best of show in a NES Maker competition, and the creator's name is Joe Sherman. Um, really cool dude. Well, he just sent me a copy of the original or the demo or the pre-version, pre-release version, and I didn't even know, but he put like a handwritten letter with it. And it said that he only found out about Nestmaker because of my NES Oddities book. Huh. And and like he's literally like one of the top tier developers for this 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 like program that that creates brand new Nintendo games. And that is so cool. I was like, holy cow! Like that's why I get such an enjoyment and like why I'll always do the books as a hobby because even if like one person gets enjoyment out of it like that's that's one guy that would not be making nes maker games or would not have found it as soon um because he still may have found it but he wouldn't have found it as soon without like 
knowing about like my book out there, which is like, well, I'll just keep making books forever. Like, <laughs> well, I, I think it's important that if you're going to do something, do it to your heart's fulfillment and do it well. And if you, if you affect one person positively, even just one person, that alone is a victory because everything is a snowball. And yeah. however you affect that person positively, they could, in essence, affect other people positively because of their positive attitude. And it can just stem from there. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're sitting there and you're drawing a picture and you put it up and you're like, oh, this is cool. And one person sees it and that's it. And you feel like, oh, I'm a failure because only one person on the internet saw it. But that one person's like, dude, that picture is awesome. That made my day. You just won the internet. That's so, enough for me. Like, for yeah. real. Like, it's awesome. And, like, basically, um, you know, it's just such a cool thing. It's like I've had listeners, like, go, oh, well, I know you didn't have this game. And they, like, brought it to a convention. And I was like, holy cow, that's amazing. You know, it's just one of those things where I was like, never expect anything. And I just do this, like, even the the playcast, because I enjoy playing and talking and bullshitting about games. Like, it's cool. And it's just exactly. insane to me. And so um, on the the segue for NES Maker, and where things are interesting is, is Haunted Halloween 86 was recently released on the Switch. Um, Haunted Halloween 86 is an NES game playable on the Nintendo. Yes. Created by Retrotainment um, out of Pittsburgh. A couple of my buddies, Tim and Greg, uh, run that company. And they're awesome dudes. Super passionate. Um, and the thing that's interesting is is that they went with Mega Cat Studios, also out of Pittsburgh. Um, but they don't like work together or anything. But um, they went through them and got their game released on the Switch, as is, you know, with Nintendo, like, graphics, everything, all the limitations. Um, but to me, if they have some kind of rapper program way to convert NES games, all these guys with NES Maker have the potential to get their games on the Switch. So Turtle Rescue could be a Switch release. And there's so much personality. It's literally a Zelda game with the turtle. That sounds amazing. It's And the humor in it is hilarious. Um, it's really chill when you're going through and unlocking things and there's boss battles, big boss battles, everything. It's, it's really cool. And, you know, it's obviously it's his own creation. So it's something that would be ripe for the Nintendo switch and it, it's colorful and everything, even though it only uses the NES's palette, it's, it's awesome. So games like that, like the, the top tier releases, if they could get over to the switch, like. That's where, like, well, I need to start putting out physical games for the Switch because I will literally do just NES ports on the Switch and start doing, like, a <laughs> style or something. Like, um, I mean, Nintendo's looking at my my business and, and evaluating me just like everybody else who wants to put stuff out. But there would be a way for me to do something. That would, that would get me into it, man. Like, that'd be awesome. That's a freaking rabbit hole. I don't want to go into that. <laughs> Do you have the time to go down that rabbit oh, hole? <laughs> absolutely not. Like, there's no way in hell I have the time for that. Um, 
Now, there's some <clears throat> adventures that we're looking at for the future when it comes to the Nintendo Switch and physical releases and stuff that I think I have um, an idea that might be super cool that wouldn't recreate the wheel and wouldn't be anything that anybody else is doing. Um, I always tell that JP and it blows his mind and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea um, already in motion and... It should be super cool, and I can do it for multiple consoles. So, because I'm gonna still be releasing my own NES games as I have, because I've had four games released already on the NES. Um, I will still be doing that, and like guys like Joe, if they want to get a, a release out there physically, I mean, I'll help out anybody. Honestly, um, heck, I'm signing other authors. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yeah there's there's gonna be this easy way friday the 13th book that's coming out um how to beat the friday 13th on the nes but like literally put together by a mastermind who's also explaining it perfectly with pictures and everything and it's awesome book and yeah we're gonna that crazy be- that you're gonna be putting out a book and most likely 2020 on how to beat an nes game from what 1985 86 87 yeah, somewhere around there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like and the thing is i'm i'm a publishing company but i am not a traditional publisher because i don't like traditional publishers like there's a reason why i created my own company and so like when you're talking about like well you're a go-getter. I'm a go-getter. We do our own things. Like So I go at it from the fact is, how many hours do I need to put into it? If I'm only putting in a few hours and, and taking it to the to the end game, like I'm not going to be charging like 95% of the sales, which is what a traditional publisher does. Like It depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. You know what I mean? And that's how I take everything into account is like, if you're already creating something, why would I take a giant piece of that pie when reality is is that you could probably with a much lesser quality throw it up on amazon and and get some sales like that'll happen but like the fact is is that we're going to do super high quality get it out there and get some people passionate that's that's a dream it's also the exposure and the advertising. Like you pay for a lot when you do publishers too. I mean, they- yeah. And but the thing is, is that most of these publishers are like, yeah, we'll get you in bookstores. Like I can do that too. Um, and the thing is, with like a traditional bookstore now, they're almost a dying breed. And even those guys that I know that do traditional publishers, like their books aren't in Barnes and Noble right now. They were at one time. They're not right now. So what's that publisher doing for you if you're not in there all the time? Like they're not continually marketing you. It's yeah. It's one of those things where it's gonna go as deep as I want it to go as my own publisher. But then when it comes to other people, like I will help them out to whatever level if they want a full publishing like marketing deal. Like we can go down that rabbit hole if they want to. Um, it's one of those things where you know I've had people offer to get me on the entire east coast of barnes and noble and have had um time limitations <laughs> always time limitations but in the end though like i kind of like keeping it a niche low-key thing even though i want as many people to know about like the switch book as possible because the worst thing that could happen is is that you know everybody gets the switch book um sells out and then people find out about it in niche pockets, and it goes viral. And then everyone's like, hey, I need the Switch book. And it's like, all right, now we got to do a whole another campaign. When if everybody knew about it to begin with, like it would 
we just printed off enough copies. Yeah, but but you also have to look at it this way. The Switch book is kind of a gateway. And what I mean by that is it's only year one. Yeah. There's going to be year two, year three. So even if you know people find out about it after the fact and say, oh, now I want, now I want it, now I want it, that's actually only a good thing to drum up you know, more interest in yeah. year two and year three. So, you know, get in the bookstores then, you know, that's a good idea. I'm telling like, you, this is a dangerous perspective putting out this Switch book. I'm just saying, like, oh my This God. Switch book is, is, I think it's one of those more than you bargained for kind of deals. Oh, it's it's a it's an open rabbit hole, and um, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to scale back what I'm doing down to just the Switch book and maybe one other thing at a time. <laughs> Like, cause this year I did, I think it was three other releases besides for the Switch book, and that was way too much. Yeah, because I had the you, Pocket Super Nintendo book, the complete Virtual Boy, which went viral, and then the Walter Day book that I did that's in printing right now. They're all to the finish line now, so right now the, the entire focus is the Switch book, but. Like, man, I, next year I can't do that. Like, especially if we ever want to get to year two and then year three, because we're going to be bleeding into year, we're going to be bleeding into 2020 for the Switch, the first Switch book, just to get it, get it out. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, the first year had less games in year two and year yeah. three. We're going to be so. at 300 pages for the first year. Like, <laughs> I'm at, I'm at 260 four right now before adding jp's collector section before adding the whole console summary the accessory section the collector section and before adding any backer contributions like it's going to be well over 300 pages um that was the one thing we were talking about early on in the cast was we have to be careful because whatever we add now is an ongoing thing. So, for example, Japan-only games that are not understandable by English speakers are now a section. Well, that's going to be in every... So every single physical release is going to be in every book now because I'm not going to put it in Volume 1 and not put it in Volume 2. Like, not a stretch goal at that point. It's it's a part of the book. <laughs> yep. Like, yep. You got to keep it consistent. Yeah, and I'm OCD about that stuff. Like, I want it all to look the same. So... Yeah, it's going to be a an ongoing thing for sure. Um however, uh it's fun to do. Uh the only thing is is I'm at the stressor of like I do another 19 digital only that I wasn't anticipating doing. Otherwise it'd be done. Um and then once I get that done, then it's going through and I still got to reach out to all the backers that are contributing with the guidelines. I have to do that still. So they're still going to have some time. I haven't gotten in any back reviews because they don't have the guidelines yet. <laughs> Once I get them in, then I got to get them all laid out, formatted into the book, and still get an editor pass or two or seven. Wow. So, yeah, the process is still a ways away. Like, we're talking the holidays are in this time frame, too, and I'm moving across the country. <laughs> so, it's going to be into 2020, people. Like, just expect that. But I'm going to be continually making progress. Little Don't button. lie. You secretly have a button to freeze time, and just no one else is aware of it because we're frozen. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're getting all this stuff done. I, I try to sometimes, and I don't sleep a lot sometimes. So there's that. <laughs> sleep? What's the sleep you speak of? 
like this weekend I'm going to be <laughs> off doing some craziness that we'll, we'll talk about later when, when I can <laughs> on on the cast. But um, yeah, I'm going to be engaged all weekend and hopefully I'm, br- I'm bringing my laptop so hopefully I can get some writing done. That should be it should be good and some playing of a hat in time. Is that nice? Absolutely. But um, I would say it's a good time to wrap things up. You got anything else you want to chat about real quick? No, no, I'm good. I think yeah. this was a good episode. And we're trying to keep her around an hour nowadays, unlike when JP goes off on hour long tangents. So that's the classics. But um, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can find me. Uh, at HagensAlley.com, at HagensAlley on Facebook and the Twitter, and then HagensAlley Books on Instagram, uh, all over social media. I'm going to be slacking on any type of video YouTube stuff just because I don't have the time. Um, but definitely the check out the Virtual Boy book. It's in the warehouse, ready to ship. Um, all the other books that are available are all ready to ship. And then the Walter Day book should be available soon, but you're gonna have to get that from him because it's not gonna be in my warehouse. Like you're gonna have to buy them from him at events. Like that's a a weird one. It's why it wasn't on my Kickstarter too. But Makes um, sense. yeah, and then this switch book is just gonna be my my focus on the side as I continue to uh, continue to game. Man, it's been been fun. <laughs> so where can people find you at? I'm on the Twitter at Hawk Hellfire, and you find me, of course, at YouTube under Nintendo Fuse. Nice. And so, uh, thanks again, Barry, for coming on. I, I like the the little chemistry and the feng shui we got going on. Um, feng shui. Yeah, and I mean, there were other people that were interested, but then nobody contacted me this week. So I don't know if they just all listened. They're like, nope, not going to compare to that, or like what whatever they did. I don't know, or or they just assumed I was going to have time to reach out to everybody individually. Like, uh, I'm I'm reaching out to you. Gotta realize I'm reaching out to like every developer and publisher from the Switch from year one and asking for interviews. Like that's what my inbox looks like for all social media right now. I I know exactly how that is because I do something very similar for our show industry talk. I'm just constantly reaching out to developers, publishers, anyone that will that will give me a minute of their time (laughs) and wants to sit down and talk. Yeah, and I I mean I'm telling all these guys though like. I don't fire and forget email type deal. Like I want to either sit down and talk with people for an interview, a classic interview, or would do like a Skype call, just kind of like what we're doing now. Um, I'm fine with that too. That way I can get a really good idea of passion behind it. Um, maybe make an episode out of it, but more importantly on the fly, figure out follow-up questions. At, Cause when you're answering, like when you just ask a question online, like, you're like, oh, what's your favorite Switch game? Well, they're going to tell you. But if you say, oh, my favorite Switch game is this guy. I really love platformers, X, Y, Z. Then you can be like, oh, well, with platformers, like, what? how did you grow up on that? You can do follow-ups on the fly. They're natural. Of and well, that's that's how I love doing interviews. It's just I don't like the script. And I've had no. people say, like, oh, could you send us a list of questions? And I'm like, 
okay, well, here's the generic questions. And like, oh, yeah, we could do that. I'm like, keep in mind, we're going to go off the beaten path. Like, I want this to be a natural conversation. Yeah. It's not just a, well, a, B, C, D, okay, good, see you later. It's let's actually discuss and have a conversation here because I think that's more interesting. Otherwise, you could just write down your answers, like, you know, print it in an article and big deal. What's the point of even having a video interview? Let's Let's make it an event. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, we're going to have some interviews with this book of developers or publishers that didn't publish during year one. For example, Limited Run Games is going to be in the book. However, were they involved or maybe setting up their entire Switch business model during year one? Yep. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about the process, their experiences, their passions behind year one. And maybe even reaching out for some of those titles that were released during year one. Like, so it's going to be focused, even if like that company wasn't involved directly, didn't have a game directly released that year, there's still interesting historical information there. Absolutely. And that's what I feel like is the most interesting part about a read is the stuff you wouldn't anticipate the stuff you didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. That's my favorite part of reading gaming books or reading books in general. So, that's what I kind of like to throw in there. So should be. I can't good. wait to read it. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, that's a giant worm. Um, but I've gotten really good at, all right, well, we hit past our deadline. Um, we'll get it in the next one. So there's that too. So we might miss out on a few interviews because they'll have somebody contact me in March. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, that's, well, that's another thing. You can't control when they're going to contact you. Yeah, and it'll be like, well, we missed out. If we would have waited for an extra year, we might have got three other people. Well, we got to get the book out to people in a reasonable amount of time. And even once we finish and put a bow on this sucker – it still has to go through the entire post-production process of QCs and everything else. And that's a month-long process. Then it has to print for about two months. So, like, we have a three-month process just for the printing and the QC in section. So, yeah. <laughs> 2020, people. <laughs> and I will not launch Volume 2 until it is laid out. And that was what I did with Volume 1. It was laid out. Not written, but laid out. Like, ready to plug and play. Well, I think Year 2 and 3, in a sense, will be a little easier. Because you do have the template. You do have all the little kinks worked out. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just more pages because it's more games. But yeah. I mean, layout it's not work setting. is uh, about over 100 hours, usually. So, um, you know, it's talking to a giant RPG on the Switch. That's what I'm doing, is laying out book work. That um, is... Writing a book RPG, so you can you can make a game, you know, creating and, and writing and publishing a book as an RPG. Yeah, that I mean, if, if Nintendo could do it with a workout game, why can't you do it with making the Switch Collector? It'd be cooler than Farming Simulator, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> book creation simulator. <laughs> there you go. Crazy man. You, you could you can control the niche. It could all right. be you. Control the itch. I mean the niche. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Barry, let's uh let's wrap her up. So um everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week when we're talking about a hat in time. Have a good one.